you for miracles that happen in the, in the most strangest ways. Lord, we're grateful that you hear the prayers of addicts and little boys, fools and prideful men, atheists and agnostics, hard-hearted and far from you. We're grateful that you hear those prayers and that you respond. On the basis of what your son has done on the cross for us, you respond. And so, Father, I pray for every man, woman, and child within the sound of my voice. I pray that you would do a miracle again. That you would save. You would enlighten. You would draw to yourself a people. That we might glorify you and receive joy ourselves. So, Father, in this short time that we're together, I pray that you move in a powerful way, that your word come alive, that our hearts open up to that which you will teach us. And, Lord, I pray a special prayer for those who are here with heavy hearts and tear-filled eyes, who holidays like Christmas remind them of the loss that they've experienced the pain that they've gone through. Father, I pray that you would be a comfort to them even now and that you would do this all in your Son's name. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas. It's it's interesting. We'll We'll watch emotional things like what you just saw. And many of us come from, uh, from backgrounds like that, where we just had nowhere else to go, felt that God had wanted nothing to do with us. Do you know what that's like? Do you know what it's like to desperately need a miracle? Like, you don't, got to show, you don't need God to show up now, you need Him to show up right now. Like, don't even send angels. This is no time for boys. You need to come yourself. That kind of... Every one of us, every one of us at one time or another in our lives have needed to see God do a miracle. And maybe that's where you are this Christmas. You just desperately need a miracle. Some of us, as we, as we stand here or sit here, we need a marital miracle. We need God, do this, God to do something in our marriage. It's not right. The kind of fighting and bickering and the unease that goes on. We, just, we need a marital miracle. God, show up. Show up in the marriage. Some of us, we need a, a medical miracle. Isn't that true? God, the, 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 the prognosis is grievous. The future is bleak. The doctors have no good words to share. This is no time for boys, God. Come yourself. Come yourself. We need a, a medical miracle. Some of us, we need 
just a financial miracle. It's been a long, a long year. And the bills don't get paid like they used to, and the and the rents are due, and the money's not coming in the way it used to. You need a, a financial miracle. Before I go on, I I just want you to know that if you've never approached God in your life and you feel awkward about approaching God for your miracle, I want you to know that He doesn't hold against you that you never spoke to Him before. I want you to know that He invites you into a relationship. That He invites you to step in and you go, but you know what? I've been so far from Him. I haven't spoken to Him in years. I haven't opened my heart or mind. In fact, I used to make fun of people who would come to places like this, watch plays like that, listen to songs like the ones we just heard, and I just, I just would have nothing to do. I want you to know that God's not mad at you. And that He hears. Even in your darkest moment, He hears. And he hears your cry. Some of us, we need a, a liberating miracle. You know what I mean when I say liberating miracle? I'm talking about when you go back to that thing that you do and you go back to and you don't want to go back to it no more and you feel in bondage to it. It's just a couple of clicks away. It's a phone call away. It's a conversation away. And you find yourself going back and, and hating yourself for it. Getting away for a couple of days or weeks and going back and hating yourself. And you just, you don't need a medical miracle. You don't need a relational miracle. You need a liberating miracle. You need, a, uh, you need to be free. And you're not and I want you to know, listen to me, listen to me. It's Christmas. It's the time for miracles. It's the time for God to show up. And as we've all experienced moments in our lives where we've desperately needed God to show up, I want you to know that He's here and He's here now and He hears your prayer. And no pit is so deep that God is not deeper still. No situation so grievous that God is not more powerful. No sin so great that God is not greater still. Let me tell you what's going to happen in a few minutes. In a few minutes, I'm going to actually ask you to come to Christ. In a few minutes, I'm going to share the scriptures with you. And I'm going to tell you that there's a miracle that has happened already. And that you just need to receive it. That it's already yours. And all the other things that you're looking for, find their fulfillment in this miracle. And everything in you is going to want to turn back from it. Maybe next Christmas. Maybe, maybe Easter. It's not too long. And I want you to know that today is your day, that now is your time, that God did not bring you here by accident, but in fact predestined you to be here so that he might speak into your situation, in your circumstance, move in your life. 
touch your situation. Move in your heartache. Heal your brokenness. Fulfill your... Listen to me. God is here now. And He's here for you. I want you to take you to... Let me, can I be honest with you? This is, you know, confessions of a past, right? When pastors confess, right? Christmas is the most difficult sermon of the year for me. You go, that's ridiculous. Everybody knows the story of Christmas. How could that be difficult? That's the point. It's so familiar to you. You heard it as a child. You heard, isn't it true? You heard it as a child. You saw uh, Charlie Brown read from Luke chapter 2 since you were a kid, right? And, and, and you've come to churches like this. And in fact, if you were like me and you only went to church on like once or twice a year, like Christmas or Easter, you only think that pastors have but one or two messages, right? This is all we got, Christmas. Because every time I go to church, that's all they talk about because it's all the time you come is in Christmas. And so... And so, so it's tough to preach this message afresh and give you new eyes and give you a new heart. But I'm going to ask you to listen to this message as if it were the first time. Now, I know that might be a stretch for some of you. But I want you to listen as if you're hearing it for the first time. Because it's miraculous. And I remember when I got this message, uh, man, over 15 years ago, I haven't gotten over it. And my prayer is that you won't be able to either. Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at a short passage of Scripture. Now, we have traditions here. And traditions are good. I know traditions are a curse word nowadays. If you talk about anything traditional, people kind of like. But we have certain traditions. Like one of our traditions at this service is that we sing. And it's a wonderful tradition. Another tradition is that we pray. And it's a wonderful tradition. Another tradition is that we when we open God's Word, we recognize that the words that we are about to hear are words from God Himself. And so what we do is we actually, because it's so awesome and God is so wonderful, we stand in reverence. We don't know what else to do. It's not a sit-down moment. It's a stand-up moment and go, wow, God is speaking. So one of our traditions that we have here when we read God's word is that we actually stand. So in a couple of seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand. Do you feel okay to stand? And I'm even going to ask you to read out loud with me. But every one of us need a miracle. Every one of us in one area or, our, in one area or place in our lives need God to show up. And I want you to know that God knows that and it's why the Christmas story is I don't know if I could run to a God who couldn't identify with me. A God who didn't feel the pain that I feel. A God who doesn't experience the disappointment that I've experienced. A God who doesn't hurt like I've hurt. The story of Christmas is that nothing that you've gone through cannot God identify. He came himself himself firsthand. It's the Christmas message. And it's your story. It's for you. The person, listen, this is not for the person that you wish would have came that you invited. This is not for the person who you plan on getting the CD for. This is for the person sitting in your seat. So why don't we stand for the reading of God's holy word. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 through 20. You're going to read 
verse 8 with me. I'm going to read 9 through 19, and then you'll read verse 20 with me. Are you ready? All right, here we go. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God! in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, together. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God bless the reading and the hearing of His Word. Please be seated. I want you to know that God sees your circumstances and you go, but I don't feel like God sees my circumstances. If God, if God saw my circumstances, why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Well, there's a lot of answers to that. There really is. There's, you know, there's our own sin and rebellion there's the brokenness of this world. I hope I don't have to explain to you that this world is broken. Does anybody need a lesson on that? Right? That this world is a broken world? That tornadoes and earthquakes happen. That people die when you least expect it. That disease ravage people's bodies. That, listen to me, it's a broken, broken world. And it's into this world brokenness that God shows up. Listen to me. It's into your brokenness that God shows up. And there were shepherds. I love that the Bible says that they were shepherds. This is what makes me believe that this book is true. Let me tell you something. If I was making this up, if I was making up a story because I wanted to gather a couple of people around to control them and maybe get some money out of it, let me tell you something. I wouldn't have put shepherds down. I would have said princes. And the princes were in their palace. I would have said diplomats. And the diplomats were doing their thing. I would have said kings. And kings. So you know what? It was shepherds. So you know, shepherds were so low on the totem pole, on the social totem pole, that their word wasn't even admissible in court. They're, they were at the lowest rung of the social order. They were unclean. They were considered religiously 
uh, that you needed to stay away from them. If you were a religious person, you needed to completely stay away from them and have nothing to do with it. If I was making this story up, I'd have come up with somebody better than some shepherds. But the Bible says shepherds. You know why the Bible says shepherds? Because they were shepherds. It was true. That's exactly how it went down. That's the only reason why you would make that detail and put it in there. They came to shepherds. But listen to me. There's some of us here. And we're broken. And we're outcasts. And maybe you went to mom's church and Mom's church didn't treat you very well. And, and, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe. Maybe you are the black sheep of the family. And your family, you're here because your family is somewhere else. And they, you didn't get the memo. That invite didn't reach your doorstep. Because <laughs> they remember 1996. Dancing on the tables and all that stuff, right? Listen, listen. I hope you're like me. I hope you're feeling like a shepherd. Because an angel's about to show up in this piece. And he's about to let you. God himself is about to show up. Listen, shepherds got an angel. And they were the lowest of the low. God wants to speak to you today. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Uh-huh. Yeah, I get that. So, you know, angels aren't like these little fat babies that are naked that have like little wings on them and that just kind of walk around and just kind of sound like little smurfs. They don't look like that, right? Angels are fierce things. They're powerful things. One angel in the Old Testament took like a quarter of a million soldiers out in one night. An angel is a fierce entity. The angel showed up and they were afraid. And at that point you go, "Uh uh-huh, me too. Me too. Right? Some of y'all, right? Some of y'all see like some trees sway. I remember when I was a kid, I would be laying down and like there would be like a tree outside of my window in the backyard and it would sway. I'd be like, under my covers, praying something would go, because it was just scary, right? When you see something you're not familiar with, you get afraid. Well, angels showed up, and these guys were afraid, and of course they are. They're fierce. But the, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. <laughs> Don't you love it when the Bible says things that you just can't even do, right? Do not be afraid. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to disobey that direct order. Thank you very much. would like to be afraid very much right now, okay, if you don't mind. Excuse me. Don't be afraid. Why? Listen, I bring you good news. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all. good news of great joy. You know why it's good news? Because it's not religion. I don't know about you, but I'm just so sick of religion, and I do this for a living. You know what I mean by religion, right? It's when you got to act better than you are. 
when you've got to pretend to be somebody you're not? Some of you have never gone to church. I mean, some of you haven't, gone, haven't come to church in years, and you're the most religious people in the world. You're the ones not smiling. Religious people make things difficult. They act as people they are not. They pretend to be someone that they're not. I want you to know here at Our How Brooklyn, we don't like religion. We're crazy about Jesus. But we don't like religion. And so what that means, what that means for, what that means for us is that what the angel said was true. The angel didn't come with new clothes and some deodorant and say, clean up your act. The angel said, I come with good news. Anybody here could use some good news? I mean, anybody here has had just about enough of bad news for 2011? I could use me some good news. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, absolutely. I need some good news. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people you say but you don't know what I've done you say but you don't you don't you don't know how I've rolled you don't you don't know my story listen to me listen to me all of the people you good little nice little church going people this man you need Jesus and it's good news for you and you non-church going people talk about like you know don't get me started. All right? And so, yeah, it's good news for you. I love it when people who don't come to church say, I don't go to church. Why? Because it's full of hypocrites. I, I just want to tell those people, we got room for one more. We got room for one more. You can make it. We can make room for you. We're all a bunch of hypocrites. In the church, it's just a bunch of us that know it. That's all. That's our claim to fame. It's good news for, listen to me. All people. Yeah, 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 but you don't know what I did to my wife. Yeah, I know. All people. You don't know what I did to my husband. Yeah, 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 I know. But you know, did, did you know what I did with my kids? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. All people. Yeah, but I failed my kids. I just ran amok and left them alone. And they're, they're using now because of the Bible. Yeah, 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 listen to me. All people. You know, the Bible, it's interesting. The New Testament was written in Greek. It wasn't written in English originally. It was written in Greek and it was translated into English. And do you know what the Greek, it's very interesting. You should, you should know this. The Greek word for all, do you know what that means? It means all. <laughs> like there's not like Greek nuance that says, oh, you know, all. It means like, no, no, no. Listen to me. It means todos. It means all. It means even you. Listen to me. Somebody say, even me. Even me. Even me. Listen, I never thought, I never, I mean, are you like me? Do you have some stuff in your closet that you just wish nobody would ever find out about? Are you like me? Are you like me that this is as good as you're ever going to look? Do you see this is a new shirt? Boy, this is as good as I'm ever going to look. If you really knew me, oh my. Oh my. This is as good are you like me? Do you dress up better? Do you clean up better than you actually are? All? It's for you. 
You don't believe me? Listen to me. Oh, it's for you. This will be a sign to you. I'm sorry, I skipped something. Um, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Savior. Somebody say Savior. Savior. A Savior has been born. I love that. To you. Now, I just got to camp out here for a minute. Listen, let me tell you something. A Savior has been born. It's the tough, my toughest job is to convince you that you need a Savior. I think I can convince you that you need a coach. Because everybody needs a coach every now and again, right? And I think I might be able to convince you that you need a counselor. Because everybody needs counseling every now and again. I think I can convince you that you need a helper because, you know, Everybody needs a little help every now and again. But you know what the toughest thing for me to do? Is to convince you that you don't need any one of those. You don't need a helper. You don't need a coach. You don't need a counselor. You don't need a one-upser. You don't need a, no, listen to me, listen to me. You need a savior. I live right next to the beach, right? And I live in a, uh, it's a, it's a uh, for New York, it's a pretty dangerous beach. In fact, there's a quite a few lives that get taken every summer because of the danger of this beach. Anybody ever go to Rockaway Beach, right? Rockaway Beach has that strong undertow. Every year, every year, you hear about several people dying at Rockaway Beach, playing lifeguards, trying to do their job. They think that they could do it. The ocean just takes them, and, and you don't see them for 30 minutes, and that's it. Right? Listen to me. The good news, the reason that the Bible is good news, and you must hear me, the reason that the Bible is good news is because God has not come as a helper. If God had come as a helper, this would not be good news. Because that would mean that I would have to do a lot. Right? And, and I'm just not that good. I'm, I try. I do. I try. But... They're pretty pathetic tries. I try to fix my issues. I try to work on myself. I try to get better. But I still got a lot of the same problems that I had for years. Aren't you the same way? Am I the only one? Aren't you the same way? Yeah. You know why? Because you don't need a helper. You don't need a coacher. You don't need a one-upser. You don't need a counselor. You need a savior. When you're drowning across the street in the beach and the people can't, you know, and you're gasping for air and you're praying like you've never prayed before, you never see a person, uh, you never see a person go, like a lifeguard come up to a person and they go, wait, I need a minute to think about this. You've never seen that. You know why? Because they know the only difference between us and them is that they know. God knows you need a Savior. That's why it's good news. The Savior has come to save you. And you go, save you from what? Listen, we're all looking for saviors. We all are. In fact, it's the normal human condition to be attached to a Savior. You know what we call that today? We call that addiction. 
So what happens? Dad comes home from a hard day of work, and he goes into the refrigerator, and he takes out a beer, and he calls it relaxation. And what he doesn't understand is it's not relaxation. It's a savior. What is it saving him from? It's had, he's had a tough day, and he needs to unwind. Girl is perfectly fine with her friends. A guy comes over. She loses her mind and starts to invest time and, and, and energy and compromise her morals and do all that other stuff. You know why it's okay for her to do that in her own mind? Because he is saving her. What is he saving her from? I don't know, a lifetime of loneliness. Maybe he's saving her from singleness. Maybe he's saving her from just not feeling loved. I don't know. What do you need to be saved from? You're not sure? What do you run to that everybody else wonders about? Do you know what I mean? Like everybody goes, like, what, what? you spend all that money on shopping, and then like they, your friends or your spouse, they ask you, why did you spend? You go, I, I don't know. I was just there. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Savior. You and I both know we need a Savior. I have a friend who uh, I, I, live, uh, I lived across the street from. He, uh, when he, his mother recently died, um, so he doesn't live with her anymore, but he's, he still lives in that apartment. And he had a beautiful, still has it, beautiful BMW car. Right? Lives with his mom, but a BMW car. Right? It's, listen to me. It's his savior. Well, we can't make too much fun of him, right? Because you got yours and I've got mine, right? Listen, when you wake up at 11 o'clock at night and you open up your freezer and you reach for Haagen-Dazs, you're not reaching just for your sweet, sweet tooth. You're looking for a Savior, something to save you. It's called comfort food. Give you comfort. Save you from what? Uncomfortability? When you click on that screen, what are you looking for? A Savior. We all, we all want a Savior. We think, and if you're not sure what your Savior is, just fill in the blank. I'll be happy when... just discovered your savior or if you want another question to help you discover your savior go i would die if well you just discovered your savior i would die if the kids got sick you you just discovered your savior savior from what you say it's saving you from from being insignificant it's giving you significance i i'll be happy when i get X amount of dollars. Well, what is it saving you from? It's saving you from poverty. I understand. I'll be happy. Listen, I would die if she left. What what, what do you say? It's saving. God knows this about us. He knows that you and I look for something outside of ourselves to make us whole. Something outside of ourselves to fix us. Something outside of ourselves to make us complete. And so he goes, unto us a child has been born. A Savior that's better than any of your other Saviors. A Lord that's better than any of your other Lords. A God that is better 
than your other gods. A Savior has been born. But listen to me. He's been born to you. Isn't that good news? He is Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, suddenly and saying, in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Glory to God. I want you to, I want you to know something. There is no peace among men if there is not first glory to God. I don't believe that that's in the Bible in a haphazard. It, 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 it should never say, and peace to men. Peace to men and glory to God. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're wondering why you don't have peace? Listen. Come here. Come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a secret of life. Come here. You're wondering why you're not happy? You're wondering why you worked so hard to get that thing that you got and you still ain't happy? You're wondering why. Listen, listen, listen to me. I'm about to tell you. Because if there is no glory to God, there's no peace from men. He says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men. If you want the peace, you've got to first have the glory. And that's a good deal, isn't it? God gets the glory, you get the peace. God gets the fame, you get the joy. God gets to be celebrated, you get joy. It's a good deal. Glory to God first. And peace. among You don't have peace? Let me ask you something. Who are you glorifying? Uh, who? Who? Is it her? Is it him? You don't understand what I'm saying when I say glorify. I mean, the one that you pour everything into, that if they left, you would say, I gave you the best years of my life. You know, them, that thing, those things, that if it broke down, you would feel lost and hurt and confused. That if it left, you would be broken and distraught. Listen to me, listen to me. Who are you glorifying? God says, if you don't glorify me, that's the deal. God gets the glory. You get the peace. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. Let's keep on going because we've got to keep it moving. Verse 15. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. I don't know. What would you have said, right? I bet they did. Let's go see. Angel shows up. I don't know. I'm down. I'm going, right? Like, you know, I, I don't know about you, but if an angel shows up, I'll punch the clock out. I'll punch out on the clock and just check out, maybe kind of verify what's happened. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. Today's your day. And before I go any further, because we don't need to, right now, where you sit, I don't know why you came. Maybe you were invited. Maybe somebody promised you. We've had, people, we've had people literally sleeping outside in cardboard boxes get invited in for a cup of coffee and their lives get transformed. Like we've seen that happen. I don't know why you're here. I just don't know your story. But listen to me. Glory to God 
in the highest. And peace. Amen. Have you, have you never, listen, have you never received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you never asked Jesus to come and forgive you of your sins and say, say you know what, I just want to live for you completely. Has that not been your story? You have an opportunity to do that now. Don't wait. Why would you wait? Why would you wait? Oh, because I have these questions. And you know what it, you know what it is, Pastor Edwin? I went to this class in, in college, and the professor said, bum, 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 you know, the Bible's not real, and it's just made up, and it's all, you know, it's, 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 listen, 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 listen. And oh, you know what it was? I, I, I turned on the History Channel, and they told us about the real Jesus. You know what it was? I, I flipped through the newspaper, and I read this article about, here. You're here. And God wants you to know him. You're not here by mistake. Why? Come to him. But I don't have all my questions answered. Listen, I'm preaching the Bible to you and I don't have all my questions answered. You know what it is in life? This is, it's, it's a weird thing. In life, we say things like this. If I see it, I'll believe it, right? If I see it, I'll believe it. I think in Christ, he kind of flips down around. He kind of flips that on its head. And he says, if you believe, then you'll see. If you believe, then you'll see. No, but I wasn't raised this way. I wasn't raised, and and let me just be clear. What I'm saying is, is that you and I need a savior. You and I need someone to live for. You and I need to be saved from what you say? Saved from a purposeless life living without God and saved unto a purposeful life living for God. Saved from an eternity separated from God. Saved to an eternity with God forever. That's, that's what we're talking about here. And, and it's your time right now. Right now, this moment, this second, it's for you. And so at the beginning of this message, I said, listen, I was going to, I just, no tricks up my sleeve. I told you what I was going to do at the beginning of the service. God brought you here. You, the person sitting in your seat, wearing your shirt, God brought you here to speak to you and draw you to himself. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? I would believe if I had what the shepherds had, a supernatural moment. Angels showed up. I want you to know the rest of the story, and I'll I'll just read this quickly to you. The rest of the story uh, in verse 19 says this. Uh, I'm sorry, verse uh, 16. They said, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, listen to what they did. They spread the word concerning. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Do you know what that means? 
That means they went everywhere and started to share about the Messiah, share about a Savior, share that you don't have to find your identity in that person anymore, that your significance is no longer found in who you love, but in who is loving you from heaven. That your significance is no longer found in your wealth, but in the wealth of who God is. That your significance, listen to me, listen to me. The shepherds went around telling that story over and over to anyone who would listen. You know what that tells me and you? Here's what it tells us. The shepherds, they got an angel. Some people get that. Have you ever heard that? Like, you know, people get zapped. I hate those people. I just, I, I just, I never get zapped. I just never, I wish I could. I mean, I, I'd like to get zapped. In fact, I would like to get zapped right now. I wouldn't mind. Like, it's a big deal, right? We're, right? Don't you want that? Listen, listen. Here's, what, here's the truth. Here's the truth about God. Some people, get, some people get an angel. Others just get shepherds. Listen to me. They, they got a shepherd. They got an angel. You know what you get? A shepherd. Do you, know, do you know what the Greek word for pastor is? And you say pastor, right? No, it's not. It's actually shepherd. It's the same Greek word. Some people get an angel, you get a pastor in a red shirt. (laughs) And it's not a bad deal. God wants you. And he doesn't want you to go another Christmas without opening up his gift for you. He has a gift for you that you've yet to open up, and he wants you to open it up today. It would be madness to leave without opening the most precious of all gifts. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you to stand. After I pray for you, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask those who have never received Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been coming around for a little while. Maybe you've just first time ever come. I'm going to ask you to stand. And the significance of the standing is the significance of saying, you know what? I'm not sure I have all my questions answered. I'm not sure that I understand absolutely everything. But here's what I know. That Jesus Christ came into this world to be my Savior. And I want to give my body over to him. I want to give my life over to him. That's that's what I want you to do. So, if if you've been, if you've never bowed your knee to Christ, if you've never surrendered your heart to God, I'm going to ask you to stand, not yet, in just a moment after I pray for you. And then there are some of you who have known about God. Maybe you grew up in some circles, used to carry the Bible, parents forced you to go to church. You said, I'll never go to church after this. Right? Like last day you were in your house was the last day you went to church. Maybe mom brought you here. Right? Like, isn't it true? Right? Mom brought you in or whatever it was. Like some family member, you came in from out of town and some family member said, come on, it's church. It's Christmas. We got to go to church. And you felt like it's not like an, an un-American thing to do to not go to church. So you came, right? Listen to me. You've been far from God, and God wants a relationship with you. I'm going to ask you to stand as well. And you just want to, you want to say, you know what, God? I've gone far from you. I want to 
I want to reestablish this relationship. And I think that you want to reestablish it with me. And that's where it starts. That's for you today. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to look at each other. And I'm going to ask you to stand. All the arguments in the world for you not to stand, I want you to just completely ignore. I just want you to stand. Say, I want the Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for Christmas. I thank you, O oh God, that you are a God who gave us the greatest gift of all. You gave us heaven. And you gave us heaven come down. You gave us your son. He lived the life that we should have lived but did not. And he died the death that we deserve to die but don't have to because he was born. Christmas. And so, Father, I pray for every man, woman, and child within the sound of my voice to turn to you in humility, in brokenness. Draw them to yourself. Break them. Draw them. Move their hearts unto you that they might be able to say that on Christmas Day, 2011, they got the best gift ever, salvation in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you do this today in a powerful way. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.